Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Orange Shoes Optional. I am still in Anchorage, Alaska, and the weather is pouring down rain today. So it's not very inspiring. So I'm so happy to be here with you. And of course, with Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Michelle. And it's about 104 here today and not a cloud in the sky. And I actually kind of wish that some of your rain would come this way because we're in the heat of summer. Right. And I understand that. And I'm actually underselling the rain. I love a rainy day. I love a cloudy day, but I now have two dogs (laughs) and I don't like going outside with them in the rain. We should talk about your two new additions to your family. How is that going? You mean the two little hellions that have totally disrupted my way of life and my way of thinking? Yes, that that would be who I'm referring to. Tell us their names and what kind of dogs are they? Okay, well, we got two black labs and they are from South Dakota. The older one is about 18 months old. Her name is Rip. It's a good hunting name. I didn't name her. It's just a good hunting name. Okay. Do you want to know her full name though? I I feel I have to share that. Her full name is Kotu because that's the name of the kennel she came from. So Kotu Countess Ripley Sue. And yes, Sue is after Rob's mom. Oh, well, isn't that sweet? So what makes Rip a good hunting dog name? Do you know? I know that they just like that one syllable. So when they call, they respond. So if you're like Ripley, like it's different than Rip. Got it. That's why. So she is the sweetest dog. She's completely trained. Uh, She listens, she minds. And then there's a four-month-old puppy. (laughs) And she is a hellion. She loves all the attention. She is completely alpha and runs all over Rip. And uh, yeah, I know her name is, well, do I dare share her full name because it sounds so pretentious? Well, absolutely. Okay, so we call her Bex, B-E-X, but her kennel name is CVK, which again is for the kennel. So CVK, Duchess Bexley of Barksdale. Wow. How did you come up with that? Or did they name her? We named her. That's completely us. Okay. You got to give us some background there. How would you come up with that name? Well, I was waiting for inspiration to name a a dog. And one day I was out on a walk and it came to me. I want a a dog named Bexley and we would call her Bex. And I thought that was the sweetest name. Um, So I did a little research on the name and it's a British name. And Rob's like, why don't we call her Duchess Bexley? And I'm like, yeah, that's really good. I like Duchess Bexley. We'll just call her her Bex. And Rob's like, yeah, but there needs to be something more. And he is actually the one of Barksdale who came up with that. So it just kind of was a combination to that. So we have a countess at our house now, a duchess, and of course, a princess. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Love it. (laughs) But um, they're a lot of fun. They're just, you know, they couldn't have come to live with us at a more difficult time because we are still trying to sell our house. And the little one's not completely potty trained. So we have to keep her in the kitchen area, which is a hard floor surface. So we spend all our waking hours in our kitchen and I'm sick of seeing my sink. (laughs) Yeah. Puppies are a heck of a lot of work. I've been down that road many times and they're a lot of work. I agree. Puppies are a lot of work, but I think at the end of the day, it's really worth it because I am having so much fun, even as I'm like a little bit frustrated. I'm, I'm having so much fun and I love these dogs. They are the sweetest little things. Well, that is just such a new adventure for you. (laughs) Right. And you know, it goes back to having babies in the house and just kind of adjusting to them because you know, I want them inside with me. And it's like, when do I find time to run through the shower? When do I find time to record a podcast? So it's been definitely teamwork on Rob and I's part. And that is going really well. We're both in this together and we'll find a new routine. Yay. Well, what fun. What? It is fun. Yeah. And the puppy, the little one is only with us for like six weeks and then it goes back to complete her training. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she's already got a good nose. So yeah, Jeff's going to have some hunting partners. (laughs) 
And Jeff will be thrilled. You know, Jeff loves dogs too. I know he does. So, you know, moving away from dogs and going on to another subject, Rob and I were at breakfast yesterday. It's usually, it's our routine, Saturday morning brunch. And synchronized swimming was on. Oh. Now, he quickly pointed out that it's no longer called synchronized swimming, that it has a new name. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I think I I had it on in the background when I was doing some work yesterday and I heard them call it something and I thought to myself, is that just a new name for synchronized swimming or is this a new category? So, but what is it? Because I wasn't paying close enough attention to what they called it. It's called artistic swimming. Oh, well, interesting. And oh my gosh, the strength it takes to do all that. And as we talked about last week, and you've experienced this, and I've got to talk to you about that in just a second, but just the strength and like not drowning while you're trying to coordinate with everyone around you and your place, like how difficult is that? You remember me saying that I was terrible at it <laughs> and that I I could have drowned probably. I was just, it was not my cup of tea. I do remember you saying that about synchronized swimming, but Rob didn't know that you had taken a synchronized <laughs> swimming class. It's not anything I share readily because I was so terrible at it. And it was one of those times in my life where I forced my mom to let me try, even though she knew better, she knew it was going to be a disaster for me. But she let me try and it was a disaster for me. So yeah, I don't spread that around much. I don't talk about it. Well, Rob might spread it around because he was in (laughs) shock. He's like, okay, that is a piece of Suzanne trivia that I never thought I would ever hear in my entire life. Why? Does he not think I'm artistic? Does he not think I'm strong? Does he not think I'm coordinated he doesn't. <laughs> I think he doesn't think you're athletic. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I just don't think he ever saw you trying to do that. And maybe it was more of the team approach, working with the team to do that. <laughs> that is so funny. I was young. I mean, I was. it happened when I was still living in Indiana, for Pete's sake. I moved to Alaska when I was 15. So I had been like, I was probably 14 at the time. Right. And he stated none of the reasons why he thought that, if I'm being honest, he didn't state any reason why that he he was just shocked to learn that because we've known you for so many years and that has never come up in conversation. Well, yeah. Remember what I said, though. I am not a water person. I don't like to swim. I'm a very good swimmer because of all the years of lessons I had but there's nothing about it I really enjoy. So that's probably why in the years you've known me, that has never been a topic of conversation. Does Jeff know? That I did synchronized swimming? Probably not. Oh, Rob's got to break out that trivia. I think that's going to be so funny. (laughs) Next time we're together. I'm going to be a little defensive and I'll probably call him out on the carpet on that one. I'm going to have to say, what? I'm not artistic. I'm not coordinated. I'm not strong. What do you mean? Of course I can do it. (laughs) No, I don't think it was any of that. I think it's just because he hadn't heard it. Because as you said, you don't really like the water. We've never seen you go swimming. I know because I don't like to swim. I hate swimming because I don't like being wet. It's one of those things. It's like I just, unless it's 100 degrees out, I know last week I said 90 degrees, but unless it's 100 degrees out, I don't like getting in the water. I just don't not a fun thing for me to do. Yeah. I don't even think I've ever seen you in a hot tub. I've been in a hot tub more than I've been in a swimming pool. Right. I just don't think I've ever seen you in one. Probably not. Because in order for me to get into a hot tub, I would have to put on a bathing suit, which is, again, not a favorite thing for me to do. Don't like being in bathing suits. Don't like people seeing me in bathing suits. Yeah. it's, It's not so much that I don't like how my body looks in a bathing suit. Although that's a true statement, I've never liked how I look in a bathing suit, but it's more about, it's getting pretty personal when people see you in a bathing suit. I would agree. And I know you have, we talked about in a past episode about COVID 
the pajamas too, or maybe it was travel. You didn't like people to see you in pajamas. So on the airplane, that's what it was on the airplane. You wouldn't put on the provided pajamas. Right. And, you know, my sister used to talk about how she, in the morning, she'd go outside to pick up the newspaper with her cup of coffee in her pajamas. And then she'd always end up talking to a neighbor in the street while she was wearing her pajamas. And to me, that is so foreign. I never in a million years would be comfortable doing that. I wouldn't either. But let's go back because did I not wear a bathing suit when you forced me out on jet skis in Lake Havasu? <laughs> Was I not in a bathing suit that day? You might have been. The one and but only time worn... I'll ever get on a jet ski. <laughs> and why is that, Suzanne? Why would you not get on a jet ski again? Do you want to share that story with everybody? Have I not shared that story before? I hate jet skis. I was terrified. And just for the record, you and our good friends, Christy and JC, Jeff, all love jet skiing, all think it's great. So I was already puttering behind, like, I don't know, I felt like I was two miles behind the four of you, or five of you, I should say, on your jet skis and you guys are, and then you'd, then you would feel bad for me. And then you'd stop and wait two miles ahead for me to catch up with you because I was going like 10 miles an hour. But my husband, bless his selfish heart, (laughs) he would get impatient waiting for me. So he'd like go around in circles on the jet ski waiting for me to come, not realizing that it was causing this huge uh, wake for me. So then I'd hit the waves and it would terrify me even more because he was creating waves going around in circles. Then I'd go bouncing over these waves, terrified. And then I'd get up to him and go, what, what? I didn't know that was a big deal. (laughs) I shouldn't say his selfish heart. He's not selfish at all. It's his cluelessness about my terror on a jet ski. His playful heart. And then he also has a curious heart because that was stressing you out too. Oh, yeah. What was he doing? He was driving along the edge of the lake looking for sheep or something in the mountains because Lake Havasu is such a cool area because the mountains kind of butt right up to the lake. And so, but then he was jet skiing along the edge, you know, going through this tall reed uh, grass or whatever it is, you know, and all I could think of is, and and then he'd stand up, he'd stand up on the stupid jet ski. And it's like, what are you doing? Not watching where he's going on the coast, the edge of the lake, looking for his sheep or whatever it was he was looking for. And it would just terrify me. It's like, what are you doing? Get in the middle of the lake so you don't crash. Yeah, because there are parts towards the, the, the shore that are very shallow. And if you hit them at any speed, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. I didn't share that with you, I don't think, until right this moment. Well, I think Rob did at one point because oh. he because I was complaining about it when we were done. I was complaining about it. And he said, really, it's no big deal to stand up on a jet ski, you know, because Jeff was doing a lot of that standing up on the jet ski. But he said it is kind of dangerous to go along the the shoreline because it can get shallow. So so I was a little bit justified. The standing up part, it was no big deal, but I was a little bit justified being terrorized by the fact that he was doing it along the shoreline. Right. So how did you remedy the situation? How did that end up working out for you? I gave up my jet ski and I crawled on the jet ski with Christy, who's a master jet skier. And I held on to her for dear life while we were on the jet skis. And she must have been on a jet ski with JC. And so then JC took my jet ski and Christy let me climb on with her. And then she took care of me. Yes. And then we took care of you because we went up and we got lunch and we got you a drink. And we got a great picture taken up there. I do have to say that because I don't take a lot of great pictures, but that one was really good. So it was a fun day. But yes, I don't think I'll ever get you on a jet ski again. No. And back to our original point, I had to have been wearing a bathing suit. I think you're wearing shorts, though. No? Well, I maybe had shorts on over my bathing suit. 
but I definitely had to have had a bathing suit on because I would never, I would never wear normal clothes if I was going to get wet. I would put a bathing suit on, which goes back to the whole thing about why I don't like getting wet and why I don't like wearing bathing suits. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, wearing a bathing suit when other people around isn't my favorite thing either, and bathing suit shopping is the worst. I hate trying on bathing suits at a store. So I've just decided if I like a bathing suit, I'll order it online. I can try it on at my house and cry, cry <laughs> into my own pillow. It's one of those things that I've accepted about myself. It's like, I don't like how I look in a bathing suit, but I need a bathing suit if I'm going to get in the water. But I buy all of my suits from Land's End because they carry a long torso version of almost all of their swimsuits. And they fit me so much better because I do have a really long torso. And so they're more comfortable. So again, yeah, I never try on suits in a store. Never would do that. I always make sure I like the style of the suit before I order it on Land's End because I never return anything I order online because I'm too lazy. And so I always get my suits from Land's End. Long torso, always love them as much as I can in a bathing suit. Well, if you find something that works, you know, no need to reinvent it. So go with it. Exactly. That's my philosophy. Yeah. And I can understand like you don't like to get wet. And the thing I really don't like is I don't like to get my hands messy. So as a child, I hated finger painting. As a preschool teacher, I hated working with finger paint or anything that would get all over my hands. It just, I don't like it. I agree. I'm exactly like that too. Yeah. And I hated finger painting. I hated playing with clay or Play-Doh. Hated glitter. Oh, it's so messy. Yeah. Cause it's all so messy. Yeah. And you know what I hate more than glitter? And it's not something I really play with, but it comes sometimes when I order boxes, those little styrofoam things. I hate styrofoam. It gets <sighs> everywhere. It sticks to everything. Like when my wine shipments come in and it's broken down a little, it makes such a huge mess. I hate styrofoam. It does. But you know what I love is bubble wrap. I do. I love that too. And it was so sweet because I was with Logan, my little grandson, in Alaska, and I opened a box and something was covered in bubble wrap and he discovered bubble wrap with me there. And he and I sat for 45 minutes and popped every single bubble on the piece of bubble wrap and he loved it. <laughs> and so 45 minutes, that's all we did was pop bubbles on bubble wrap. And he still likes Jeff better than you? He still likes that truck more than the bubble wrap? Oh my goodness, he loves that truck. And he calls Jeff Ty, which drives his parents crazy. They both think he should call him Grandpa, but he'll say, Ty, Ty, truck, Ty, keys, Ty, truck. <laughs> hey, you got to go with it. I know. It's so sweet. Yeah. So let's see. While we're picking on Suzanne and visiting <laughs> past episodes, I did want to talk to you about a Facebook advertisement that I got recently. Oh, tell me. You know, because Facebook's pretty smart. They are listening to everything we do. I guess that's the cookies and everything in it. But there was an advertisement for a new game. And do you want to guess what the game is called? Tell me it's not Why Hello. No. Oh, thank it's God. not Why Hello. <laughs> but it's Really Karen. Oh, that is the name of the game. Really, Karen. And I was looking at that and completely cracking up. It is by, and I'll just throw it out there, One Up Parties and Games. That is the distributor, the one who made the game. If you want to check it out. But I was laughing. I, I have to read to you what the game is about. Oh, please do. Everyone knows a Karen. And now you have the chance to experience what it's like to be one. Argue your way around town visiting shops, fighting with employees, and collecting manager tokens. Be the first Karen to make it back home with all your tokens and win the day. But it's not that easy. There are obstacles along the way that could set you back. Really, Karen? We'll keep you laughing the whole way through. Oh, I hope you already ordered that game so the next time we're together we can play. I'm going to order it. What we should do is we should play, we should play the game on our podcast. So you can really witness me being a true Karen. 
Yes, I, I would like to see that. So do you want to hear like what some of the cards are just so you know? Absolutely. Okay. And I know this first one won't apply to you because you don't like sauces, but this was the first one. They, they only show like two different cards. So the first one is your coworker was kind enough to grab you lunch, but he forgot the ketchup. You demand he go back or you're not paying him for it. Really, Karen, move back six spaces. Okay. So it does a little bit apply because what I would be upset about is if my coworker went and got me a sandwich and I had specifically said no ketchup and he came back with a sandwich that was smothered in ketchup. And I would never refuse to pay for it, though. I would absolutely pay for it. But I could see that being a real issue. I could see myself making him feel really bad about bringing me back a sandwich with ketchup on it when I specifically said no ketchup. But I would absolutely pay for it. You just make him feel bad. I would. I would. I absolutely. Yeah. I would be like, what the heck? I told you no ketchup. That's what I would do. It's like, don't put ketchup on a sandwich when I say no ketchup. Because you know this about me. Sauce ruins everything. And it's like, if you put sauce on it, then it becomes about the sauce. And that's what you're tasting. And that's what you're eating. It's hiding what's what you're really eating. It becomes about the sauce. And if you don't like the sauce, it ruins the whole meal. Okay. You really, you are really pushing my buttons today. I'm just saying, you have me all worked up. I was in a good mood coming in. And it's like, you have me all worked up now. Okay. So what's the other example? So the other example is you call the police to report kids wearing red hoodies representing their gang affiliation. It's their middle school colors, Karen. Go directly to the police station to retract your complaint. Okay. I wouldn't make that complaint to begin with because I don't care. (laughs) If they all want to wear red sweatshirts, go ahead, wear red sweatshirts. I don't care. Okay. Here's the last one. I guess there were three different examples of what's going on in this game. Okay. Your son loses his starting spot on the soccer team to the new kid from Mexico. You call immigration and voila, your son's great job, Karen, move directly to the soccer field. Oh my gosh. Where did they come up with these? Yeah. That one's like a wow. Right. I, I could see you calling the coach and complaining, but not immigration. Like that is really, really. (laughs) Yeah, that's really extreme is what that is. And maybe that's what Karen is, is really extreme. Yeah, I wouldn't call immigration. There's no doubt I would confront the coach about it because that may or may not have happened at at least one point in my children's athletic careers where I called the coach out. (laughs) It may or may not have. Why don't we just say that did happen? It may or may not have. I'm not going to confess to anything in case my children would happen to be listening because it may stir up bad memories for them. Or if the coach is listening, feel free to send us a message and I'll make sure it's... uh, There may have been one or more coaches that that could or could not have happened with. Oh, wow. Well, you know, when I look at this, they say that is a like a... A pro, like a good job, Karen. You get to go to the soccer field. You didn't get penalized for that. Like that's weird. Well, calling Im- that's calling immigration. It's yeah. like, okay, that is like wow. Wow, wow. Yeah. No, I should have read that whole card before reading it. I was surprised. I thought it was just gonna say you complained to the coach. I know. Well, that's what I saw coming was you complained to the coach, but <laughs> The big question is, I called immigration. So are we assuming that immigration came and hauled this kid and away and sent him back to his home country? Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. You got to go to the soccer field and watch your son in a star position. Oh, my God. No. Okay. I'm no going to order that game. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I the think... next time we're together, we're going to play it. And we're going to make, there's six different Karens that you can be. And so we'll make our husband be Karens also. Oh, so up to six players, not six different Karen personalities. There's up to six players, but each player has a different Karen persona. Okay. Yeah. I hope we get to pick which Karen we are. Well, I'm sure you'll boss us all around, so you'll get the one you want. (laughs) Let me see if I can find the different names. Okay, here are the different types of Karens. PTA Karen, 
Oh, well, I was PTA president for a lot of years. Okay, go ahead. One up, Karen. Eh, that's not a good one. Legal Karen. Mm. Let's see. Political Karen. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that one would, might be a good one. Bougie Karen. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then um, Fitness Karen. Yeah. Which it's not going to be you because we don't even think you can synchronize. <laughs> I can't. And I own that. I'm okay with that. Okay. Oh my gosh. How fun is that? I can't wait to order the game. I know. This will be great fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking because again, that popped up as a Facebook ad because obviously something I said or something I've looked up triggered it. Does that happen to you a lot too, where you could mention something to a friend and you don't even have to be on your phone and then it just appears in like one of your social media platforms or on the website? Somewhere? Yes, that has happened. Now, I can't tell you specifically, but I just had a conversation with another friend of mine about this very thing because we were talking about her sister's daughter, who I knew when she was little, but she recently got married and we had a nice conversation about her, but I'm not friends with her on Facebook. And I said, oh, you know, what would be interesting is to see if her name pops up as possible friends that you might want to after she and I had this conversation. And sure enough, a week later, her name popped up on my newsfeed as a possible friend. Like, do I want to send a friend request to her? Yeah, that is so strange. And I was at the reception last week, uh, Jimmy and Eva's, and kind of the same thing. I was around people, and then they started popping up on my people I might know. And I didn't post anything on Facebook about it. I wasn't tagged in anything. It was just really strange. I know, but you wonder in that case if someone else posted a photo that you're in. and there Nothing was like, I was tagged in. Right, but face recognition maybe is what triggered that. That could be. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing. But this game sounds like a lot of fun. And now we're going to find out if it comes up on my newsfeed now that we've actually okay. kind of played the yeah, game. Yeah, now that we've talked about it. Yeah. yeah, I hope it does. That'll prove my point. And here's another example of Facebook listening. You know, they have that section where you can watch movies, like little clips about famous people. Oh, right. Yeah. Yesterday I saw I had a little like, red number by it. So I went to look and they did a little recap on Mark Harmon and Pam Dauber. <gasps> really? I was like, oh yeah, you know, I would like to read a little bit more about like, I thought they were still together, but just go to like Wikipedia or something to see like what it says about how many kids they have and stuff like that. So I do that. And then on Pinterest, all this Mork and Mindy stuff starts popping up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So they're listening. Yeah. There's definitely that going on. Yeah. So you have that going on with Facebook. But my question to you, and it goes back to technology and they're always listening. Do you have an Alexa? Yes. Well, I don't know exactly what it is we have. I don't think it's Alexa. My son set it up for me. That's why it's a Google Home thing. Okay. So similar. You know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Does it ever do weird things? Like, for example, what? Okay. I'm going to go back a couple of years to when Colton was graduating from high school. And my song for Colton, and I would cry every single time I heard it, was Chicken Fried. Love that song. It just reminded me of my child. Oh. So he goes away to college and there was a small thing that we were were dealing with and he had been working on that and doing really well with it. Well, I go to the PO box one day, you know, I get my mail and there was a notice like he'd overdrawn his account by 15 cents or something. I mean, it was such a small amount. And I was just like, oh my gosh, why do I get these notices? I'm so worried about this child. I'm thinking this. I'm not saying it out loud. I come home. I go downstairs because at that time our house was being remodeled. Our bedroom was. So I go downstairs. I'm making the bed and I'm really just talking to myself about it down there and just really upset and just like, how do I make this better? And as I'm coming back up the stairs, Alexa starts to play chicken fried. Hmm. 
not even kidding about that. So I come upstairs and walk into the kitchen and I'm kind of like, you know, grooving with the music or whatever you do with country music, kind of just, you know, listening to it because Rob was in the laundry room. So I thought he said, play chicken fried, but he comes out of the laundry room and says, oh, you couldn't resist. You had to turn chicken fried on. I'm like, I didn't do it. And he's like, well, I didn't do it. So it just started playing the song randomly. And then I'm like, well, I wonder who started it. And the very next song that came up and the very first word that was in that song was the word grandpa. Oh, wow. I know. So it was really, really strange that all that happened. Shortly after that, I just unplugged Alexa because I'm like, oh, this is a little bit weird. That is a little bit weird. But it was really cool. It was really cool, though. Yeah, cool. A little creepy, though. Yeah. And then down in Arizona, we recently had to get an Alexa dot or an Echo, Echo, whatever they're called. And we needed it for the ability to play music out on our patio. And it started doing some weird things, too. So we just put it on the red privacy button so it doesn't transmit out. Mm, Really interesting. You don't have any good stories like that? I really don't. Do you talk freely in front of yours? Yeah, I don't. Like I said, my son set it up for me and I forget that it's even here. But I guess I also don't have mine. (laughs) I don't have mine playing music. The only time it played music is when I would say, hey, Google, play super simple songs. Right. I never had mine play music either. It was totally random. Yeah. Now I'm looking at my Google and it heard me. So I'm waiting for it to start playing, but it didn't. I wasn't oh, quite loud enough. I was going to say pretty soon you were going to start hearing one little finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can sing along if you want and you'll entertain us all. <laughs> we'll get to hear your singing voice. Nope. Nope. Again, we're circling back around. That's a little too personal. It's like, right. yep, hearing my singing voice will never happen. Well, today, now that we've gotten to this point, I did want to talk about, since you're in a good mood. (laughs) I was in a good mood coming in. Now, not so much, but go ahead. (laughs) Unless I pushed your buttons too much. I wanted to talk a little bit about nostalgia because, as I mentioned earlier, we have these puppies. They came at a really hard time in our life because we're trying to sell our house. And part of selling our house is going through everything that we've accumulated over the years. All those things that no longer spark joy that we have to decide what to do with. Do we move it? Do we trash it? Or do we donate it? And going through those boxes, I have to say I'm getting really sentimental. I'm really having a hard time (laughs) with some of them. (laughs) You want to give me an example of something? Because you said something, it's like you started getting rid of those things that no longer spark joy. And you know what immediately pops into my head is like, so what's the problem? If it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. <laughs> that's that's the direction my mind goes because I'm I live by that now. It's like if it doesn't spark joy, no matter what it is, just get rid of it. But I know what you mean when you're going through boxes and you come across things and yeah, it becomes very sentimental. So give me an example of something that triggered that for you. Okay. Well, let me just say a lot of it doesn't spark joy, but some of it is sparking forgotten joy. A moment in time. Oh, good one. A moment in time that holds me. So, okay. Many, many years ago, the older boys, Cameron and Kyle, would entertain the younger two boys, Colton and Jimmy, with these little dragons. They came in little eggs And then you hatched them and they came out. So they had a dragon named Seth and a dragon named Fretton. So it was Seth and Fretton show. I love those dragons. And when I was going through all my boxes, I came across them. And yeah, it sparked so much joy. I'm like, what do I do with them? Like my kids will never play with them again. And I don't think they want them. And for me, it's just going to move and be one more thing to store. And as hard as it was and as sentimental as it was, I threw them away. (laughs) And I have to tell you, I almost went dumpster diving because we put a dumpster on the side of our house five or six times before they took the dumpster away because it held such that special memory. And 
Yeah, it was really, really hard. (laughs) Okay, so I have just a couple things to say about that because I get that because my youngest son loved Power Rangers when he was like two years old, three years old. He was a Power Ranger kid and he always had a Power Ranger in his hand. Kind of like Logan with his keys, always has a key in his hand. I saved Eric's Power Rangers. They're in his box. And I used to have like five boxes for each of my kids. I saved things. And then at one point, I went through all of their boxes and I got them down to one box each. And they each have their box. It's still in my house in Anchorage, but they have their box and That's all they have from their childhood that I saved. But I could not bring myself to throw away his Power Rangers because he loved those Power Rangers so much. But my second point is, you know, what happens is you don't even need those concrete memories once you have a grandchild because that grandchild in and of itself triggers those forgotten memories, those things that it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I'll give you an example. Greg carried around a matchbox school bus for five years in his hand. (laughs) And that matchbox school bus was his thing. He had it all the time. And I've been waiting for Logan to have that same thing, but I didn't remember that about Greg until Logan came around and got interested in keys. And it's so funny because we literally laugh. Our family is notorious for losing keys. We're always looking for keys. And it's like, he's our safety key person because he never lets go of a key. If he has a key in his hand, he will carry it forever. So I guess the point is, it's okay that you got rid of the dinosaurs because someday you're going to have a grandchild and it's going to trigger those same memories as actually having that actual dinosaur. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention buses because Colton is a huge bus person when he was younger. I just remember him loving them and always had a bus in his hand also. And those I cannot throw away. Like (laughs) there's no way that those are going in the trash and they're stuffed animals. Like the alligator, the puppy, the bear. No, I can't throw any of those away, especially because so many of them are now living forever in the book I wrote. I based the shape of the characters in the book or the stuffed animals in the book on my kids' actual stuffed animals. So did your kids have a lot of stuffed animals or each had one? Because I saved the only, my kids were not stuffed animal kids, but each of them had a stuffed animal at one point in their very young childhood that they loved. Yeah, no, they weren't huge stuffed animal people. Like Jimmy had a dog named Sally and he loved Sally. Colton, of course, had a bear. I think we called it Poochie. I I don't remember, but (laughs) he had a couple or that might've been his dog. He had like one dog and three bears or something like that. And then Cameron had the alligators and Kyle Yeah. You know what Kyle had when he was a young kid, his dad went caribou hunting and he wanted to sleep with the damn antlers. So he had an antler for a while. And then Rob, of course, had to get rid of it because no, it wasn't an antler. It was a hoof. He wanted a hoof. He would sleep with it. I know it's so gross. And I must say it was before Michelle, but yeah, they had to, um, it only lasted obviously a couple days and then it was gone. (laughs) Yeah, that's so disgusting. Um, So Katie, so she was born in January. So she was 11 months old her first Christmas. And Jeff went out and bought her a white kitten stuffed animal that she, well, we that's the one stuffed animal that she ever was interested in. And she carried that thing around forever. We still have that kitten. Greg had Curious George that my stepmother-in-law Every one year for Christmas, she gave every child a book and the stuffed animal to go with the book. And Greg's was Curious George. Greg loved his Curious George and he carried that around forever. He still has Curious George in his box. And Eric was Barney because 
it was so dumbfounding to me when Eric was six months old and our dividend checks that we used to get when we lived in Alaska would come out in October. And we always let our kids, we'd take them to Toys R Us and they could buy one toy. And so Eric, who was born in March at six months old, was in the shopping cart and he saw Barney (laughs) and went berserk. Like there was no way he was going to leave that store without Barney at six months old. And I was always so dumbfounded by that because it's like, how can a six month old baby even know who Barney is? And he loved that Barney. So that's the stuffed animal we kept for him. Yeah. And who doesn't love Barney? Well, I know, but think about it. Six months old. I mean, I know, I know. I mean, really young. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that he had any even recognition of who Barney was, but he went nuts when he saw Barney that day. I will never forget that. Would he hear like the songs or watch it when you didn't realize he was watching it because he had an older brother and sister who might've watched it? Do you think? Maybe. Yeah. I see. I don't really remember. The other character that he loved, which we never had a stuffed animal for, was Blue's Clues. And he loved all of my kids. Katie was a little old for Blue's Clues when it finally came, when it came around. But um, the boys both loved Blue's Clues. And to this day, we could turn on Blue's Clues for Logan. And both of my boys love to watch Blue's Clues, as do I. Yeah, you still watch it with Logan. It's not a chore to watch that show with Logan. No, it's fun. It's And I can't wait until he's old enough and he's on the cusp of being old enough. Like Blue's, whatever the kid's name is at Blue's Clues, will ask a question and he gives the kids a chance to think about an answer before he gives the answer. And there's nothing more fun when the kids start answering the questions on Blue's Clues. Yep. Those are all good memories. See, it's all sparking this. And then, you know, you go in and For the boys, I have containers of their artwork and I tried to be smart about it. I'm like, okay, I want this artwork to live on. And so there's a wonderful site called Mm archive.com. And what they do is they take those pictures of art and they put it in a book. So you mail in the art. And then at that point, you have a choice. Do you want them to throw away the art or to send it back? And my original thought was, throw it away because I'm not going to be able to. Mm -hmm. However, when it left my house, (laughs) I had to say to them, please send it back because I just can't do that yet. But I'm getting close. So I have these wonderful books for the boys and some of their artwork. And then hockey jerseys, soccer jerseys. What do you do with those? I think I'm going to make a quilt. I was going to say you have to make the quilt. I did that for Eric when he went to college. I took all of his he was such a, he still is a sports fanatic. And so he always had t-shirts or jerseys from his favorite teams. And he had drawers of them, drawers and drawers of them, some that he had grown out of. And so I did, I sent them in and I had a quilt made and he still has that quilt. (laughs) It's in tatters now because it's, I don't even know how long it's been since I graduated. I guess it's been like 10 years since he graduated from high school. Yeah. But so loved and used that has to feel really good. I know. And it was funny because each of my boys had a box or two that they had to go through when they came home this summer. And Colton, he was going through his box and he had a lot of trophies in there. Mm -hmm. And they were participation trophies, you know, yay, you participate. (laughs) So it's so funny because all those years back when Colton would get the trophy, be so excited about it, you know, he'd go downstairs or whatever. And Rob would say to me, When I was a kid, you got a trophy for first, second, or third. We didn't do these participation trophies. Like, what's up with these participation trophies? Now, again, he never said that in front of the kids. It was only something he said to me. Mm -hmm. So when Colton was going through his boxes, he was pulling out these trophies. And he finally looked at me and said, you know, Mom, I know I played soccer. I know I played hockey. I don't need these participation trophies anymore. (laughs) He threw them away. (laughs) Oh, that's good though. That's that's a good thing to get rid of. Yeah, he wasn't holding on to it. So I'm like, okay. But I mean, just opening those boxes takes takes you back to when they were kids. And I guess I'm getting a lot of that right now. And I'm feeling very sentimental 
until I get overwhelmed. And the moment I hit overwhelm, I know because I say to myself, you know what, Michelle, when you came into the world, you came as a, you know, naked little baby. And when you leave the world, you're not taking anything with you. So dump it now. Wow. I know it's morbid to think about, but I got so overwhelmed that that's where I went. And so I started throwing away things. And I think that's probably why um, those dragons got the trash bin. I'm proud of you for doing that. And I was going to say that comment you just made was actually more like a Suzanne comment than it was Michelle comment. It was kind of shocking to hear those words even come out of your mouth because you're a lot more sentimental than I am, I think. So you took a very practical approach to it and I like it. (laughs) Yeah. And then here's something else I'm proud about also, because when my kids were younger, you know, this is a blended family and I went through the initial divorce and then we had some custody issues we went back to court for. And I kept all that paperwork, every bit of it, because I figured when the boys were old enough, if they wanted to look through it, I would let them. Now, when I was going through my house cleaning everything, I came across it and I'm like, you know what? Those wounds are healing. Nobody needs to read this. And I shredded it all. Oh, good for you. Which was huge, but so releasing and freeing too, to say goodbye to that part and know I'm on a good path forward. So this brings up a little thought that I have struggled with paperwork my entire adult life. It's like, why do I feel like I need to keep everything, every piece of paper in case I need it someday? And I guess once you throw it away, it's permanently gone. But I think paperwork is probably kind of like anything else that you get rid of. There's only a small percentage of things that you're actually going to um, really regret getting rid of. And it'll be that one piece of paper that you know you have, but you can't find it anywhere. And then you're afraid you threw it away. But I recently went through the same experience in my house. I was actually looking for some tax documents that I needed And I started coming across all of this paperwork that, why do I save this stuff? Like receipts when I had my refrigerator repaired. It's like, okay, why do I need this receipt? Do I need this receipt? No, I don't, especially now that I have a new refrigerator. So why do I still have these receipts? Do you do that? Do you like randomly keep things in case you need it? And then at some point you just look at it like, I'm throwing this away. I do. And I have purged so much and Rob has purged so much paperwork. I'm kind of trying to follow that seven-year tax document rule, like you should keep your tax returns for seven years. I think that's what the rule is or what it used to be. But no, going through paperwork, I had like everything when Cameron graduated college, like his application, all the loan information, like his high school transcript. I I had everything. And finally, I'm like, I don't need this anymore. But that's the stuff that's hardest for me to get rid of. You know, I went before computers, before you got statements electronically. Every time I paid the bills, every single month, I would painstakingly write the check for it. Then I'd mark on the receipt that it was paid on this date with this check number. And then I paper clipped every statement together, you know, like for example, my Chevron card gas statement. So every month I'd pay my Chevron bill and then Chevron would go into the paperclip and I'd have them chronologically saved. And it's like, why, why would I keep this? But I did. And it's like, why? (laughs) And I, to this day, I fight that urge to keep every receipt and every piece of paper. And it's like, I doubt very much that there's any use for $200 repair receipt for a refrigerator. You don't need that for tax, but why? Especially when you don't even have that refrigerator. I know. And so why do I think I need to keep that stuff? And I'm struggling with that right now as we talk, because I have a stack of these receipts for yard work, for fixing the garage door, for the the refrigerator for the dishwasher, repairing the dishwasher. It's like, and I'm keeping these. Why? I don't know. So I, now that I need to throw you're them all away. You're not going to be able to take it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to take it with you. 
I'm going to throw them all away today. And next time we do a podcast, you can ask me, you can follow up and say, okay, Suzanne, so did you or did you not throw them all away? Okay. I'm writing it in my notes. Okay. And I'm throwing them all away today. Everything. (laughs) It's like, why do I need to keep it? If it's not a tax document, if it's something that I don't need for taxes, why would I keep it? Right. And then you're going to throw away that one thing. You're going to be like, damn you, Michelle. Like, (laughs) I knew I shouldn't have done that, but I don't think you'll need it. I agree. I don't think I'll need it either. Well, Suzanne, I think we spent a lot of time earlier reminiscing and getting nostalgic about past episodes of ours. (laughs) So we kind of used up a lot of that time. So I guess this is probably a good place to wrap things up for the day. I think I would just like to add about nostalgia, like the good, the bad. It's what makes us who we are today, the memories of it and those little things that spark those memories of it. Um, I really appreciate. And so thank you for letting me walk down memory lane a little bit here today. It was fun, wasn't it? And we, we maybe killed a little time in the beginning talking about <laughs> being nostalgic about our podcast, but that's okay too. But yeah, fun episode, I think. It was a fun episode. I think so too. And in the future, I would like to just even if it's a couple minutes, because I really kind of wanted to get to this today, but we're out of time. I would love to talk to you. And again, it can just be quick about, is there a song or a smell or a taste that brings you back? Absolutely. And I think that's a, that would be a good next episode for us to do. And it will give me time to think about it because there are definitely things that trigger my senses that help me remember and take me right back to a certain place or time. Yeah, I know. I'll have to think about it too. So in the next episode, we will briefly check in with you, make sure you got rid of all that paperwork. And then um, <laughs> we, <laughs> it, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those five senses and the um, memories that smell or taste or song or whatever can bring up. Oh, I love it. I love it too. Well, I guess with all that shared... All I want to say is, yay, Suzanne, and cheers. <laughs> cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy. And Riley. And you know, if we had God send music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know everything about podcasting kind of guy. And the best part for us was that he was so nice and down to earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.